Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl, and we're back with another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now before we get started, y'all know I can't do any podcast episode without thanking you all for listening. So thank you for listening, boo friend. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land since 2016, you've lent me your ears whenever you felt like it, and I really appreciate that. So we're wrapping up National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I'm really proud that the hotline's theme of heal hold and center was this year's theme finding ways to heal from oppression and violence holding a space for those who are navigating them in different cultural contexts different contexts in their walks of life and also centering those who are disproportionately affected by domestic violence black folks especially and i really was was happy to to see that um in terms of you know, the, the notion of there is no um, justice without racial justice. And that was just good to see that be the notion that we're putting out when it comes to justice in general and addressing some of the anti-blackness that comes when it comes to people getting justice and how things don't always work out for everybody in every community based on that injustice, that racial injustice. So shout out to the Domestic Violence Hotline for all the great information as well as that theme for that month and doing such great work every October and every day. I mean, the hotline's a 24-7, 365 operation. But before I get into today's topic um, to wrap up National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is going to be about emotional abuse, I wanted to let y'all know that you can support this podcast for free in four easy steps. Step one is signing up for my email list, clicking the link in my show notes to stay tapped in. Step number two is subscribing to the Spiritual Homegirl podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Step number three is leaving a review to help me get aligned with the folks that I need to serve. And if you've done that already, then you can help me align by sending some of my episodes that you really love and enjoy to the people that you really love and enjoy so that they could do this marathon, this podcasting marathon with us. So, um, yeah, I wanted to take a break from the marathon. I've already posted today's episode, but I wanted to make sure that I, I finished up this month on a good note in terms of making sure that I covered everything that I promised that I would cover. So when it comes to emotional abuse, a lot of folks don't really think that it is as dangerous as physical violence. Because, you know, with violence, the, the threat of things escalating can get, you know, it can happen very quickly. But when it comes to emotional abuse, it's just as damaging because those effects may not be instantaneous, but the psychological conditioning um, and manipulation and abuse can persist for a much longer time. So uh, it's not that one is worse than the other. It's just that both need to have the same type of consideration. I also quickly go into financial abuse as well while I'm here. Now, when it comes to financial abuse, I always like to explain financial abuse when it comes to the, the domestic violence survivors that I work with as ways that your finances are being manipulated by a person who wants to gain power and control over them. Because when it comes to domestic violence, it's usually rooted in power and control. One person wants to perpetuate power and control over another person and they do it through different contexts in different ways such as you know viol- uh, physical violence or emotional abuse financial abuse sexual abuse spiritual abuse so the root in all of these types of abuses are power and control so when it comes to financial abuse one example is you have children you're with someone who is not those children's parent 
that partner wants you to give them your tax return check that you claim your kids on and they have no vested or financial interest in your children. Why would they want your money that you take care of your children with? Knowing that they don't do nothing for your children or knowing that they don't have a vested interest in your children like you do, but they want that $10,000 check, that $8,000 check for what? They want control over your money. They, They see a lick. It's a payday and they want that payday. They want you to hand over everything to them to manipulate on their own accord. That's a sign to look out for. Another sign to look out for is when there is a person, one partner does not want their partner to work, the other partner to work. Now, this is not where there is an agreement made where one partner takes care of the household obligations, the other takes care of the financial obligations, and it's mutually agreed upon. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that one person or one partner does not want the other partner to work, not as an agreement, but so that other partner cannot be financially independent. So when the behavior, the abusive behavior continues and that other partner wants to leave, they can't go anywhere because they don't have any financial stability on their own. That's that's a prime example of financial abuse rooted in power and control. Like I said before in the episode about spiritual abuse, different types of abuse can happen at the same time. So it is not uncommon for a person who is being physically abused emotionally abused and financially abused or spiritually abused to go through this particular scenario here one partner can physically intimidate them psychologically condition them to hand over their check and then use a spiritual text or religious text or concept to justify the behavior that is a prime example of how multi-pronged multi-pronged abuse can happen so i just want to touch on financial abuse really quickly but I wanted to um, also talk about how in 2020, the hotline, the National um, Domestic Violence Hotline, released information saying that 95% of their contacts stated that they were going through emotional abuse. 95% of contacts. That's a lot of people. That's almost everybody that's calling. And it makes me sad because some folks don't even know that they're being emotionally abused. Most times they don't. Think about it. You're emotionally invested in somebody. You want to see the good in them. You initially saw the good in them. And then slowly over time, they start showing those patterns. But you're so emotionally invested and you're remembering who they were when you met them and when you fell in love with them. You don't think they're capable of being a quote unquote abuser. No, not my partner. It can't be me. And then things start slowly happening. But you're like, you know what? You're going through a rough patch. I'll love you through it. Now, realizing that you've now continue to invest in a situation that's going to turn more and more abusive again not victim blaming but just saying we don't realize these things because again abuse is rooted in power and control so while you're thinking that you're in love with someone who's just having a rough time they're showing you that at the core they have some behaviors that are problematic and abusive they knew they had these situations about them they knew they wanted to control you they knew they wanted you to be powerless with them and they just kept feeding you bs to fall for so that they could eventually subjugate you, hold power over you. You trying to love somebody through their faults, but it's actually abuse. But nobody wants to hear that they're being abused sometimes. 
You just can't imagine. No, this isn't abuse. This can't be it. I love this person. We just having a rough time. And that's what makes emotional abuse so difficult to detect. Because it's hidden under all these little different things. Oh, he just takes things out on me. He shouldn't call you names or she shouldn't call you names or they shouldn't disrespect you. They shouldn't bring your past up against you in arguments. They shouldn't threaten to break up or divorce you because they having a, a, a rough argument. They shouldn't feel like they could just demand your phone and go through your phone. Like it's just some red flags that we that we just kind of look over in the name of respect and boundaries when it really dishonors and disrespects us. And I want to get to that in just a moment because I'm tired of people weaponizing therapy language too. When you're using boundaries, the word boundaries to make somebody do something rooted in power and control. I don't care what your therapist said. It's abuse. I talk and I work with too many people whose partners are going to therapy and they're weaponizing language that's that's meant to be shared in good faith for understanding to again make someone else do what they want them to do in the name of boundaries. I have a boundary that you don't talk to no other person of this of the opposite sex but me. That's not a ba- that's controlling. My boundary is that I don't accept a certain amount of intercourse a week. I have to have a certain amount in order for me to feel happy. And if you don't do that, you're disrespecting my boundaries. It's trash. I cannot stand when people weaponize boundaries, the word boundaries. No, you want to control people. It's different. Can't stand it anyway. So when it comes to emotional abuse, it's like I said in a previous episode about spiritual abuse, it is a slow process, very manipulative process. Again, most times folks don't even realize it's happening until it's gotten bad to a point where it's intolerable and it is designed to slowly destroy a person's self-esteem and to create some type of conditioning psychologically speaking to where they're dependent on that other person the person perpetuating the abuse and they will display behaviors that are meant to isolate you control you or scare you it could be stalking light stalking threats insults um, social media monitoring excessive jealousy manipulation humiliation intimidation dismissiveness gaslighting Or it could be more obvious, somebody yelling, calling you names, disrespecting you that way. Um, It it could. And and I want to also clarify a little bit when it comes to controlling, isolating or frightening. A tactic that I've seen in abusive relationships. Is when the person perpetuating the abuse says, don't have everybody in our business. And. You would think on the surface, well, yeah, you know, that's a relationship issue between me and my partner. The world shouldn't know about it or I shouldn't tell people. But the problem is when you're being abused and you don't realize you're being abused, that could be used as a way to not only control you. It could be used to isolate you as well, because if you were to tell somebody what was going on in your relationship, they would probably say, you know what? That's abusive or that sounds toxic or that sounds like something you need to leave. 
they will try to tell you to leave. Because again, when it comes to the psychological conditioning of emotional abuse, it is meant to have you under someone else's control. Where even where if there's a potential external influence that could help you realize what's going on, that's a threat to their ability to continue to um, exert power and control over you. So the isolation tactic can be disguised as don't have nobody in our business when it's really about not having any influences to help you get support and help to leave. So when it roots, um, when it erodes, excuse me, when it erodes at your confidence and your self-esteem, at some point you'll, and one thing I've noticed in the folks that I work with or or survivors I talk to is that a sign where they didn't catch initially that they were experiencing emotional abuse, but they realized it after the fact is that they began to start second guessing themselves. Their confidence started to break. And at some point they started to stuff that they would normally stand on business with stuff that they would normally say, Hey, that's not cool. Or don't do this. Now it starts to become excusable. Then they start second guessing themselves. Am I tripping? Maybe I was overreacting. No, it's, it's not, it's not, it, it was me. I just, I just do too much and they, and they're right. You know, I just, you know, they, they, they do that because I just don't know how to stop and I just need to be checked sometimes. That sometimes is a clear indicator that folks don't catch initially that they're being conditioned to experience that type of abuse. Or the partner will just flat out tell them like, you're so dramatic or you're so emotional. I can't handle this. You always start crying. You're so insecure. Knowing that they perpetuate those things to make them feel that way. So one thing I wanted to do, because I don't want to make this episode too long, is that I do want to talk about some red flags that you might want to pay attention to in your relationships. Or you might want to think about in your past relationships. Did you experience these red flags? And if so, how did it work out for you? And how did, they, how did that person end up becoming? Like, what happened? So some red flags is that your partner name calls you or demeans you. They try to control you, your time, or your actions. They tell you what to do and what to wear. And when I say that, I'm talking they're mandating you on what to wear and what to do. They often make you feel silly, stupid, or dumb. Your partner questions your reality and says things that you know for a fact happened did not happen. That is gaslighting. Again, another therapy term that's being weaponized and misused, but we'll talk about that later. Your partner is critical of your appearance. Your partner is jealous of time spent with your friends or family. Your partner punishes you by withholding attention or affection. Your partner doesn't want you hanging out with someone of a different gender. Your partner makes threats to hurt you or others to get what they want. Your partner asks you, uh, wants you to ask for permission before doing something or spending time with other people. Your partner monitors where you go and stalks your whereabouts. 
Your partner doesn't want you to work again, like we mentioned earlier for financial dependency. Your partner embarrasses you in public. This includes social media. Your partner does not trust you and acts possessive. Your partner threatens to break up or divorce to manipulate an argument to gain power over the argument. Your partner wants to access your phone, your passwords or your social media. Your partner threatens suicide during arguments. Your partner is constantly accusing you of cheating. Your partner blames you for their unhealthy, abusive behaviors. And a way I hear that is, well, if you didn't make me, you make me do these things. I don't want to do these things, but you make me do it. That's a prime example of a partner blaming you for their abusive behaviors. Your partner makes you feel guilty or immature for not wanting to have sex. And this is where some of the spiritual abuse can come into play because sometimes abusive partners that want to manipulate their partners for sexual gain will quote and misrepresent spiritual or religious concepts or texts in order to make you feel like you should honor that again obedience power and control your partner overloads you with compliments and gifts and then use that to manipulate you later also known as love bombing there are so many other red flags but those are just a few to pay attention to so that you can determine what your next move is going to be and if you're feeling that way you know again safety first who is trusted that you can talk to or go to in times of emergency where you need to remove yourself from those situations? Or you can contact the domestic violence hotline. Now, for those who do not know these numbers, I definitely tell people, put them in a safe place where if you need them, they're easy to find. So if you need to find them online, it is www.thehotline.org, T H E H O T. L-I-N-E.org. And their phone number is 800-799-7233. 800-799-7233. Or if you want to remember it a little easier, 800-799-SAFE. And if you want to text, text the word START to 887-88. Again, 887-88. So I just want to put that on you all's spirit. I hope that y'all got some useful information out of this episode today. Don't forget, keep yourself safe. Safety, 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 safety first. So with that being said, y'all, this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl. And remember, boo friends, trust the journey, trust yourself. And whatever you do, do it with love, okay? Love y'all. Peace.